0: You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguda, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90min. As ever, I'm your host Harry Simu and on this edition we're going to be discussing Jack Wilshere's response to Mikel Arteta's invitation to train with the club. We're going to be talking a little bit about following Balogun and some comments that have been made by his brother. We're going to be talking about Rhys Nelson at Feyenoord and we're going to be taking some of your questions from the live chat box as well. Uh, First of all, a bit of housekeeping. Um, I want to apologize first for the fact that the shows in terms of the times have been a little bit all over the place over the last couple of days from time to time. That is going to happen uh, due to work commitments, unfortunately. But um, where possible, we will stick to the midday or around midday stream and then the late afternoon one as well. So hopefully we get back on track in that sense. But really, really appreciate you all bearing with us on that front because the numbers haven't been affected. People have still been tuning in, which is fantastic. Uh, but I just wanted to put that little apology out there because I can imagine it must be quite strange if you, you're planning to tune into something and then the time changes etc etc so really really appreciate you bearing with me on this it's the life of a freelancer unfortunately um also if you haven't checked it out we had a little same old Arsenal podcast reunion last night right here on this channel it's the last video you can check it out I was joined by Lee judges Dan Potts, Graham Brooks and Mark Partridge we had a good old chinwag about everything that's going on at the Arsenal at present. And next week, we'll be doing the same thing next Monday on Lee Judges TV. And then the following week, we'll be back here. So we're going to be rotating it between the two channels, which is great. Um, It's not called the same old Arsenal anymore, but it's great, of course, to, um, to be able to sit down with the lads again. Because as I said on the show last night, it's not just about the football. It's not just about you know, sort of exchanging ideas about the Arsenal and stuff. We have genuinely all become really, really good mates. And so uh, it was great to catch up with everyone again, and I look forward to doing it again next week. So uh, yeah, check it out if you haven't done so already. If you are listening via the audio platform, please do uh, leave us a review. That really, really helps as we're looking to increase uh, the number of reviews on the channel. I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but we did lose a load of reviews because a duplicate podcast feed came up when we contacted Apple to get it sorted out. They merged them together, but one of them lost all of its reviews. So we lost about 25 to 30 reviews. So I'd love to get them uh, back on uh, on board. And it really does help in terms of pushing you up the podcast ranking. So please uh, do that if you get a spare minute. Right. Uh, let's say a few hellos before we dive into our first uh, story. Let's say hello uh, to Bungle, to Matt, to Daniel, to Sidant, uh, to Saeed, to Black & Blanco, to Matt, to Kayville, to Josh, to Selgias, to Giancarlo, to Inter, um, to Matt, Matt Beaumont that is, to Omar, to Mandeep, to Nathan, uh, so many of you in the chat, to Des, to Sam, to Mandeep, hope you guys are all well, thank you uh, so, so much for tuning in, let me just turn my microphone down, in uh, in terms of in my ears because it's bloody deafening me bloody hell must have had that turned up from yesterday geez uh, right let's uh, let's jump into it and let's start with the story regarding jack wilshire jack wilshire has responded to Mikel arteta's invitation to come and train with the Gunners now. Of course, Mikel Arteta was asked about it in a press conference at the back end of last week, leading up to the Norwich City game, in which he said that the door is always open to Jack Wilshere. Now, of course, Wilshere, currently without a club, somebody that we as Arsenal fans hold very close to our hearts, but we also, I guess, for the most part, understand that you know it just wasn't going to work for him at Arsenal anymore. Injuries of really held him back. He's a fantastic talent. I don't think anybody can deny that. And I think at times when we've looked at Arsenal over the last couple of years, you feel like he's exactly the kind of midfielder who can pick the ball up deep, carry it forward, but also really comfortable on the ball, play passes left and right. It feels like he's someone we really kind of uh, could have done with over the years. But injuries have been, as I say, a major, major problem for Jack Wilshire. so much so that he's currently without a club. Um, I guess people aren't willing to take a gamble on his fitness. I guess people aren't willing to invest money, especially at a time like this uh, during the kind of aftermath of the pandemic. You know, obviously the pandemic is still going on, but football in, in a lot of ways is back to normal, but the finances haven't necessarily recovered. And so you can understand why there'll be clubs out there who will look at Jack Wilshire and say, he's a talented lad. And he's not going to come and play for peanuts because of the clubs he's been with previously but given the question marks around his fitness, I'm not sure that we can stretch and I'm not sure that we can take a risk like that. And, and I completely understand it, you know. So Jack Wilsh has been talking about Mikel Arteta's comments about um, Mikel Arteta's inv- invitation it, almost to come back. Uh, when Arteta was asked about it, this is what he said. He said, he's someone that I know that I shared a dressing room with, room with and is so loved by everyone here. Our doors are always open. Um, Wilshire told Sky Sports News, he said, to hear him come out and say the door is always open is nice. I think that it can only help me, as you said, being around good players, training with world-class player, players, and as well just being part of a team environment is something that I'm interested in. I am sure that I will have a conversation with someone at the club over the next couple of days. So we could well see Jack Wilshire back at London Colney training uh with the Arsenal team now don't get carried away because this doesn't mean that Jack Wilshere is going to re-sign for Arsenal okay if we wanted to do that we could obviously do that because he is a free agent and it doesn't matter that the transfer window is closed however I don't think it's going to happen and I probably don't think it should happen we were talking about it on the way to the game uh at the weekend a couple of friends and we were saying you know is he worse than some of the current options we have and I guess the answer is no but what would be the kind of benefit of it if he isn't going to play a part in the team? If he's, you know, for me, <laughs> I just read a comment that made me chuckle. i got to read this before I continue. Sam says, training with world-class players. think he might be disappointed. Yeah, me too. But I mean, Jack Wilshire, it's going to take him a while, you know, to get up to speed in terms of the Premier League. I think I'm not sure we can cut it at the Premier League level anymore. And I just feel like if we were to, to re-sign him, it would be Arsenal thinking with their hearts rather than their heads again. You know, if the terms were right in terms of pay as you play, in terms of not making a financial investment, not really taking too much of a gamble, then I don't think it would be the worst idea in the world. But I can't just flip on my initial opinion on this, which was some things are better left in the past And, you know, if Jack Wilshere was to come back and not perform anywhere near the level that he did previously, which there's a really strong chance would be the case, then it kind of destroys that that memory and that bond that we have with Jack Wilshere uh, for all he done when he first broke into the side. So for me, this is a no-go. Don't want to see him uh, signed. If it happened, obviously, from an emotional perspective, from a nostalgic point of view, I wouldn't be upset about it, but I don't think it would be a wise move from Arsenal's uh, perspective. You know, would it add some of the fight and some of the passion back? Uh, something that we've said the team have lacked in recent years? Maybe, but I just don't think it's it's the way forward. And uh, as much as I'm looking forward to seeing pictures of him in training and back in the Arsenal gear and all of that, it just doesn't feel like something that is A, going to happen and B, something that Arsenal should make happen if I'm being completely honest. Let me know um, in the chat box, what do you make of it? Would you, if Jack Wilshire, for argument's sake, was to come in, was to train well, was to prove his fitness, would you take a gamble and offer him some kind of short-term pay-as-you-play deal uh, in which uh, he could fight for a place in the team? I don't know. Let me know what you think. Uh, Dez says Jack would be great around the youngsters. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't deny that. Um, Cell Gears points out that Matteo Flamini came back to training and ended up signing, but I just can't see Jack doing the same thing. Uh, Sam says it is so sad because he would be our main man now if he wasn't struck by injuries. Uh, Java Gaming says hi, Harry, from New York, finally catching a live stream. Welcome to the live, mate. Hope you are well. Uh, Maximus says Jack could help out our youngsters, especially Emil Smith Rowe and Charlie Patino. Can we devise a pay as you play? Uh, structure for Jack Wilshire. Mandeep says, I wouldn't have a problem with Jack training with us again. Maybe a pay as you go contract, not totally against that. If it happens at the very least, he will train with us. Mellon says, I would love Jack back at the club, proper Arsenal man who can help install true pride in being a gooner to a lot of the new squad. Plus he's a natural, natural baller. Uh, Sidan, who's a level, uh, I nearly said Liverpool Leicester fan says charity and retirement, um, FC. So look, a lot of people feel um, as though somebody like Jack Wilshere coming in could be of benefit to the younger players coming through, to those players developing, to some of the players that we see as as part of Arsenal's future moving forward. But I think a lot of us accept that it's a a really kind of a stretch, I guess, to, to think that Jack Wilshere could come in, get up to speed and then force his way into Mikel Arteta's reckoning. It just... It feels a little bit far fetched to me. I feel like too much has happened with Jack Wilshire in terms of injuries. And even injuries aside, you know, I talk about clubs at this point maybe being reluctant to take a gamble, maybe being reluctant to make him an offer. But I am, I've got to say, I am surprised that nobody in the English world has, or, or English football world has, has done that. Now, did he get offers from clubs that he believes are below his level that he has snubbed? we don't really know. But to see Jack Wilshire at this point, I mean, we're, we're in the middle of September. I thought somebody would have snapped him up. I've got to be honest. So I'm a little bit surprised by his current situation, but given the fitness issues, given all the things I've talked about, perhaps I shouldn't be, I guess is the point I'm trying to get to. Yeah. Gone around in circles there a little bit, but there you go. Uh, let's take a few more of your comments. Matt says, uh, happy to have Jack training back with the club. But I'd be shocked in capital letters. If he were actually signed, Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Inter, a little bit more harsh in his response, says, Stay on the hospital chair, Jack. Not welcome back. Wow. Um, Giancarlo says, uh, I would, I don't see how it could be a bad thing. He's high intensity, strong, loves his quick one touch football with great movement and good at finding spaces. I just don't see the negatives. I think, I think the reason I'm not like, obviously, I'm not really massive on it. Okay, you probably gauge that from what I've said. If it happened, a part of me will be pleased from a nostalgic point of view. The other part of me that will be pleased is the fact that the midfield that we have is currently very, very weak. I mean, you look at what we've got at our disposal right now. We started a Premier League game on Saturday with Sambi Lakonga, a player that Arsenal have high hopes for and who may well go on to be uh, a really, really top player. But is still developing. And Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who I've got to be honest, and I I said this post-match and I took a bit of stick for this, I wasn't majorly inspired by You know, I thought Maitland-Niles did okay in midfield on Saturday, but that was it. I didn't think it was any more than that. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was brilliant. I thought he got caught on possession, in possession, sorry, a couple of times. I thought he played a couple of really decent passes, which uh, is obviously a positive. But I didn't look at Ainsley Maitland-Niles and say, there it is. That's what we've been missing for it, throughout his whole Arsenal career. Now I know why he wants to play midfield. Now I know why he's made such a fuss about it. I don't know about you. I just didn't see it. Let me know in the chat. What do you think about Ainsley Maitland-Niles in midfield? Did you see enough from him on Saturday to suggest that he's a viable option going forward in the absence of Thomas Partey, Le Conga, probably even Granit Xhaka? Do you think he's good enough? I, I, I just, I, I just don't see it. I really don't. And that's not me being... Harsh. It's not me wanting to criticize the lad. I just genuinely uh, don't get it. I, I really don't. Let me know what you think in the chat as well. And we'll pick out some of those comments as well. Uh, I know Inter agrees because he says Ainsley is a wingback. Um, Yonick says that uh, he was all right. Decent options. If thing, He's a decent option if things were to go left. Um, Black and Blanco 101 says not convinced by Ainsley now. So I'm not the only one then. Uh, Sooty says, uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles is championship level at best. Don't rate him at all in any position, not right back, not right wing back, not in center midfield. Uh, Josh says Ainsley Maitland-Niles was just average. He just put himself about, uh, Saka says, uh, Sacanelli, Sorry. He says Tommy Asu and Maitland-Niles as our two right backs. I'll take that. So suggesting that Maitland-Niles best position is at fullback. Uh, what else have we got? Um Jid says Ainsley is that player that Arsenal fans clamor for when they want to feel outraged, but then it's underwhelming when he gets games. I think that sums it up really well, actually. Uh Matt says, I don't understand all this midfield chat. Xhaka is back shortly, so nothing to worry about. Yeah, I know Xhaka is back. Um and he will come, you know, back into the side. A lot of people will will be pissed off about that, will be disappointed about that. There's no, there's no question in my mind that the minute, granted Xhaka's name back in the side, there'll be this outrage sort of seeping through from the fan base again that leads to to people once again uh, making their feelings known about Mikel Arteta. But he's still a better option than Maitland-Niles. He's still a better option than Mohamed Neni, in my opinion. And therefore, you know, beyond Partey and Laconga, that's what we've got. And that's why I feel like if you were to bring in another midfielder, well, actually, I think Arsenal should have brought in another midfielder in the summer. I was desperate to see that happen. It didn't. We are where we are now. Right now, we've got Mohamed Elneny missing with a hamstring injury. And of course, Granit Xhaka suspended slash COVID-19 means he's unavailable. So, you know, I, I do look at that midfield, though, and, and I worry. But having said all of that, you can't guarantee, you can't even say with any degree of confidence, actually, that, that Jack Wilshire is the man to come in. Um, and and fill that void, even on a free transfer. Uh, Big hello to Mario, who says, Afternoon, Harry. Jack was a breakthrough talent and England international. What's the difference apart from age compared to Welbeck? Senogo, all ball injured. True, true. Um, Let's see what else we've got uh, in the chat box with regards to this whole uh, midfield debate. Kevin Frank says, Ainsley Metternals is only here due to him being a facility player. I think he means utility player. Other than that, he is bang average. Yeah, I, I agree. I do. I do. Right. Uh, let's move on from the Jack Wilshire talk because there's a couple of other bits and pieces that I wanted to just touch on. And I wanted to start uh, with the Feyenoord boss's comments uh, regarding Reese Nelson. So Feyenoord boss Arna Slot has hit out at Arsenal's training methods after new loanee Reese Nelson suffered an injury shortly after joining the club. Now, of course, the 21-year-old joined Dutch football in um, in uh, in the summer, right at the end on deadline day. But Slot reckons the Gunners, and I quote, "inferior training techniques" are the reason for the winger's injury. This is what he had to say: Nelson had participated in almost all training sessions at Arsenal, but he experiences the training here to be a bit more intense. So he's had a little bit of a swipe uh, at Arsenal and their training methods. He says he suffered an overuse injury and so he is not here. Whether he will make it to PSV remains to be seen, but he certainly won't be there as a starting player. So, I mean, on the one hand, I don't want to, like, I, I hear stuff like this and I find it worrying. You know, this manager has taken one of our players A player who's been involved in training for the most part over to his club he's looked at him and he's gone whoa like what level were you actually training at like you know what level were you training at for you to come here in a supposedly much inferior league at a much supposedly inferior club and you've picked up this injury from overuse already like how has this happened and i guess there's there's two sides to this so on the one hand you look at it and say perhaps Arsenal's training techniques are are not quite where they need to be. Perhaps the training sessions are not up to the standard that they should be. But equally, you have to remember that that is just this one man's opinion. So therefore, it would be so Arsenal fan-like of us to to throw our toys out of the pram and be outraged about it. But actually, this is just one guy's opinion. The other side of this is that maybe Reese Nelson picking up an injury is because Reese Nelson himself as an individual hasn't been training at the intensity level required. Perhaps that's why he hasn't had a look in on the Mikel Arteta, among other reasons. So you don't know what this is really down to. And I found them to be very interesting comments and comments that initially set alarm bells ringing for me. But when I do think about it, the more I think about it is, it's kind of, well, this is based on a man's opinion. This could be, and I'm not saying it definitely is, I'm not digging out Reese Nelson, but part of it could be because Reese Nelson himself doesn't train at that level of intensity as an individual. And and I guess, as I say, it's a worrying comment to hear, it's something that sets alarm bells ringing, but is it something we should be going batshit crazy about? No, it isn't, because as I say, um, you know, we don't really know whether it's The training being inferior, whether Reece Nelson's not been able to live up as an individual to the standards set at Feyenoord or what it is, or if Reece Nelson's just suffered a bloody muscle strain because that happens to professional footballers. I don't know. I don't know. The other uh, bit of news or kind of story relating to the Arsenal I wanted to touch on on. Uh, this early edition of the podcast today. Remember, we'll be back a little bit later on uh, at around about 4.30. No, I think it's going to be 5 p.m. today. Sorry. Just remember, I've got a meeting between uh, 4.30 and 5. So 5 p.m. We'll be bringing you the second live stream of the day uh, and we'll be touching on some more stuff and we'll be spending a little bit more time on questions. We are going to take questions during this episode, but we'll we'll do a larger chunk of that on the next episode. Uh, but I wanted to touch on these comments from uh, following Baligan's brother, who has been uh, talking on a podcast about Mikel Arteta's tactics. Um, he spoke to What the Footy podcast and he said when asking, when being asked about uh, what's going on at Arsenal with the strikers, he said, you can't blame just the players, it's the system. If you look at that striker problem in terms of chances created, it's not just following. So jump into the defence of his brother. He says, when Martinelli and Aubameyang were playing there, the system didn't work. The system just doesn't really work at the moment. Soon it will work, and it'll have to be ready when it does. Again, talking about Balogun, so he's had a little swipe at Mikel Arteta's tactics. He's had a little swipe at Mikel Arteta's setup and how it all works. And I always feel uneasy when I hear stuff like that, right? Because first of all, following Balogun's brother is his own man. Freedom of speech, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can't stop him going on a podcast and sharing his opinion on why following baligan maybe didn't look great in that game against brentford on the opening weekend of the season he's never going to come out and slag off his brother which i understand i wouldn't do it i wouldn't go in the public eye and say my brother's not good enough at whatever it is that he's trying to do so i get that as well but making comments like that i don't think are helpful you know i would just say you know i'd play it down you know obviously arsenal are just lacking that kind of uh, cutting edge at the moment. But we know that they've got uh, top players. We know that they've got uh, a really good uh, bunch of talented individuals in the forward areas. And I'm sure that they will come good at some point this season. So I wouldn't be overly worried about it now. But instead, he's taken the opportunity to have a little bit of a swipe at Mikel Arteta. And although they are not following Balogun's words, if you were Mikel Arteta, if you were the manager, you'd be sitting there thinking, well, What does following Balogun's brother know about my tactical instructions? What does he know about how much I instruct my frontline, how coached they are? We talked about it on last night's podcast at length. Are they overcoached? Maybe. But the fact that following Balogun's brother has an opinion on this and quite a strong opinion would probably make Mikel Arteta feel as though that opinion has been influenced by his player, in which case that isn't going to go down well. I just think... If you're the brother of somebody playing for the Arsenal or for any professional football club for that matter, and you go into these situations or you put yourself in these situations where you're going to be asked about the club that your brother is representing or whatever, your relative, your friend, and then you make negative comments, you are jeopardizing the relationship between your brother and the manager. Now, that for me is... Is unprofessional, and it's not something I would ever want to do to someone that I care about while they're trying to pursue their goals. Because we've seen with Mikel Arteta, whatever you think about him, he don't take shit like that. He doesn't accept it. He doesn't like being questioned. He doesn't like being told whether he's wrong or right. And we've seen other players who have questioned his authority or, you know, made a mockery of 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 things he's done, or have or, or made a mockery of kind of the training sessions or have shown a bad attitude, Mikel Arteta will put them in the bin straight away and he does not give a shit. So to hear somebody like uh, following Balogun's brother, make comments like that. I'm not saying he's going to ruin following Balogun's chances for sure. Um, you know, I, I can't possibly know that, but I just don't see it as being helpful. I just, I can think of a load of negatives that could potentially come out of this situation, but I can't think of a single positive. And that, for me, um, you know, that for me is it um, is is the bottom line here. Uh, let's uh, let's go over to the chat box. Uh, Josh says, "Spot on, Harry, with regards to that uh, Baligan situation." Uh, Adam Chisholm says, "Harry, did you hear Arteta's comments regarding overcoaching in the latest haters vid?" I find it fascinating that maybe he's actually learning from his mistakes. Unsure if it's too late for him though. Yeah, look, I think that as a manager, you're always learning, you're always developing in any profession. I think you always get better with time and you always get better with experience. You know, I remember when, um oh, this is a shit example, but I remember when I, once upon a time I was an apprentice electrician for about five minutes and like there was basic stuff that when I first started, like I would do it, but I would do it the longest way possible or I wouldn't do it the easiest way because I never had that experience. I never had that time to learn what was an effective way of doing something, what was an efficient way of doing something, and then having that time to develop my technique so that I could be the best I could be. And I think that in management, it's it's very much the same. You won't learn about situations until you're faced with them. And I think that Mikel Arteta will learn on the job. It will take time. And there's an argument to be made that says we don't have that time as a football club, which I completely accept and completely get. But this kind of situation... Uh, with the forwards, um, you know, where we're talking about, are they being overcoached? I'm not sure that that is that is fair. I feel like they obviously have roles to play when Arsenal are without position because Mikel has been uh, very rigid in the way he set up the team. At certain points, he he wants certain things. He demands certain things for the players. But I feel like saying the fact that we're not scoring goals. Is because we're overcoached. Is actually a bit of a cop out because not always, but a lot of the time we have made chances, especially in the second half of last season, and not taking them. And that's on the players. And I think it's very easy to say, well, they're being overcoached. You know, Bukayo Saka's being overcoached. Actually, Bukayo Saka is not scoring goals because when he's getting opportunities, he's not clinical enough. Emil Smith Rowe is not scoring goals because when he gets through on goal. He doesn't have that finish in him. And and that for me, you know, is something that obviously you can improve by giving them more opportunities. Therefore, their ratio of conversion gets better and naturally you'll see more goals. But it feels like we're kind of taking all the responsibility around scoring goals and finishing opportunities away from those players and pinning it all on Mikel Arteta. Why? Because we're not happy with the overall picture at Arsenal right now. So it's very easy to do that you know i was talking with graham on the podcast last night about um you know we were talking about granit xhaka are arsenal better or worse without granit xhaka was the debate and as i say you can check that out it's the last show and my point was i could find statistics on on a lot of people um you know that and and i can present the ones that make the case for my argument so one of the the stats that Graham threw at me was Arsenal haven't been in the Champions League since Granit Xhaka joined the club. Well, Arsenal haven't been in the Champions League since uh, Bern Leno joined the club. Arsenal haven't been in the Champions League since Kieran Tierney, who everybody adores, has been at the club. The point is that I can manipulate something and I can pull out the facts that I want to pull out to make my argument and make my point. And it doesn't always necessarily reflect totally on that individual. So, you know, you do that with players, you can do that with managers too. And and my big worry here is that we're we're looking at Mikel Arteta as a manager who is under pressure, who a lot of people are not convinced about, who people want to see moved on. And now because we're in that space, we're going to pick every little thing that we can and pin it on him. I can't pin Emil Smith Rowe breaking through on goal and and pulling off weak shots which he's done time and time again. Um, I can't pin that on Mikel Arteta. Just like I can't pin Nicolas Pepe not finding the far corner often enough on on Mikel Arteta. I can't pin Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang going through on goal and missing opportunities on Mikel Arteta. And I just think that it's so, so important to make sure that while we're critical of the manager, we're fair in the stuff that we attribute to him and the stuff that we attribute to the players. And I don't think that we do that well enough as a fan base in general right now. I think it's all very much of you know, yes, this is on Mikel Arteta. And I know ultimately the buck does stop with the manager. But for me, I think we could be a little bit fairer. And I can't sit here and sincerely say that our inability to finish off opportunities is something that I'm going to pin on him because it seems to be a problem with whoever plays, you know, outside of Aubameyang, outside of Lacazette, outside of Nicolas Pepe last season, nobody uh, contributed. Anything goal-wise, nobody contributed anything significant. And so instead of looking at Obamiang, Lacazette, Pepe, who did contribute, all right, Aubameyang, in Obamiang's case, it wasn't as significant as it has been in recent years. But instead of looking at those players, we should be looking at the others. And I know they're young and I know they're developing. And I've said it time and time again, for me, going into the season, relying on Smith Rowe to double his outputs, relying on Saka to double his outputs at this stage in his career is, for me, a real big risk. And it's a risk that is probably going to see us fall short this season. So, it's not the only reason we're going to fall short, but it's part of the reason. And I just think that there's a reluctance to look at some of these players as individuals because of who they are, because of the relationship we have with them. Yet when it comes to the manager, we're quite quick to jump on him and quite quick to point the finger and condemn him for certain things. So I just think there is, you know, there is a, there needs to be an ability to, um, you know, to, to kind of, or there needs to be an ability from us to, Step back and have a look at the situation for what it actually is. And I don't think we do that anywhere near often enough. Uh, Let's take a few of your comments. Uh, Christoph says, thank you, Harry. Uh, It's up to the players to finish. Football is not plug and play tactics and system play only gets you so far. You have an active opponent and it's up to the players to do their jobs. I think that's brilliantly put. Um, Let's take a couple of other bits. Uh, Thank you to Wes Bird. Who says, uh, well said, Harry, you know what? Chuck a couple of questions in. Let's take two or three questions before we wrap up uh, this live stream. As I say, we'll be back later on and we'll spend more time on the questions during that particular episode. Um, P-A-W-P says, Harry, who do you love more, Arteta or Xhaka? I don't love any of them because neither of them have given me what I want as an Arsenal supporter necessarily. I just feel like I make a lot of effort to be fair in my judgments, right? I you know a lot of people say to me that i'm i'm always one way or the other and I, and i don't think that's true and i've I, you know i found myself getting i'm not going to say rattled but a little bit annoyed and frustrated by some of the comments that have been coming through on the channel lately because people kind of have been painting me with this brush as as if to say i am a Xhaka defender or i'm an arteta defender and and that's not me i am just someone that wants to look at it as fairly as possible and doesn't want to sit there effing and blinding and ranting and raving about people who represent the football club I love, unless they really deserve it. And sometimes they do, but at other times they haven't. Yet that's not stopped them being on the receiving end of it. I think, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, uh, some of you have been saying in the chat that, you know, somebody on good authority. I remember that comment uh, said that I was trying to get my way into the club, et cetera. It's absolute nonsense. And we've addressed that already. Um but like it's been frustrating because I make a very conscious effort to try and be fair in my content and then people to suggest people who don't even know me to suggest that I have some kind of agenda yet they can't tell me what my desired outcome is or where it is I'm trying to get to is is really really frustrating I don't love either of them I just want to be critical when the it's the right time to be critical but fair when it's the right time to be fair. And I don't think as a fan base in general, we do that well enough. I've got to be honest. Jay Dubia says that given what we have in midfield, which isn't much, and I agree, uh, wouldn't you like to see Jack on a pair as you play if we need something? Or if we're short, Um, he's better than what we have. We've kind of addressed this already, but just to summarize for those of you joining a little bit later on in the stream, I wouldn't be dead against it, but I'm also not massively for it. I am sitting on the fence with this one because while the nostalgic side of my brain says, do it, do it, bring Jack back. There will be nothing better than seeing Jack fit again and playing in an, an Arsenal midfield. The other side of me says, is he still got it? Can he still compete? Can he still offer something at this level? And I can't say that with any degree of confidence. So I've got to say I'm on the fence on that one. Uh, let's see what else uh, we've got in the live chat box. And apologize if I miss uh, some of your questions I will. Uh, I will spend more time, as I say, on the next episode uh, taking them. Uh, Inter says, "Don't you think Arteta is actually the problem now?" It's not the first time a player hasn't publicly gone out and questioned his training and management. Well, it's the player's brother in this instance, right? I say that some of it will stem from the player, or there may be some kind of undertone off the back of some conversations they've had. I do think Arteta is part of the problem. I've always said that Arteta is part of the problem. Any manager who's managing a football club that are underachieving has to be part of the problem. But is he the only problem? No. And if he was to get kicked out tomorrow, do I think all of our problems will be solved? No. So to say he is the problem, I think is unfair. To say he's part of the problem is justified. But this is what frustrates me, that narrative that it is Solely him, that if Mikel Arteta packed his bags tomorrow and was given his marching orders by KSE, Arsenal would return to the top of the Premier League and all would be rosy again. It's, it's be, that's, people call me deluded. That is delusion, in my opinion. Uh, Let's see uh, what else we've got. Geir McCulloch says, where do you see us actually finishing this season? What position? I see us finishing sixth. It was my prediction at the start of the season, and I think that's where we'll end up. Let's take this one from Maximus uh, just finally. He says, um, there's talks of Leno planning to leave. Would we then see the same scenario all over again where Aaron don't have the same competition to challenge him? Possibly, mate. But I think in our situation, without European football, I think it's incredibly difficult to keep two good-level goalkeepers happy. I, I really do. I think it's so, so tough. I think that it had we had Europe and you'd be able to give him You know, whoever it is that finds himself second choice at the time gets six group games in the Europa League, two knockout ties in the round of 32, two knockout ties in the round of 16, two in the quarterfinal, two in the semifinal. Then all of a sudden, you know, they've got 12 to 15 games under their belt and you've got the domestic cup competitions as well. And that makes it easier to keep people happy. But I think in this season in particular, without European football, it's going to be a real challenge. Um, and, and that is a worry, but I'd like to think that Arsenal would then either promote someone, uh, from the, from within to challenge Aaron Ramsdale or, uh, bring another goalkeeper in. I really do think if Bern Leno goes, they will bring somebody in, maybe someone younger, maybe someone with the ability to push on, given that seems to be the new strategy. Uh, but yeah, I think it is obviously always better to have competition in the goalkeeping position for sure. It's a great point. Right. uh, We are going to leave it there. Uh, We're going to leave it there. And as I say, I'll be back again at 5 p.m. UK time with another live stream and we'll spend, I think, probably most of that one. So don't envisage there being much news uh, to come out between now and then. We will spend the majority of that um, talking. Uh Through your questions, so if you haven't had your question answered yet and you're gonna be joining us live at five p m have a little think about what it is you want to ask. get them in nice and early, and we'll go through as many of those as we possibly can. uh just a quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, please do hit the like button on the stream. Let's quickly check out where we are in terms of likes because. I know you probably hate it when I say this, and I know you probably hate hearing it, but it really, really does help the channel. It gets the video in front of more people, which then leads to more views, which leads to more subscribers, which leads to general channel growth. Uh, We've got 91 likes on the board, but there are over 380 of you watching us live on YouTube alone right now. So please, please do uh, smash that like button. Let's get us up to Uh, as close to 150 as we possibly can. It should be easy. Uh, Make sure you subscribe if you haven't done so already and I'll be back very, very soon with more Arsenal-related content. Thank you for all your well wishes. Thank you for all your kind comments and questions and interaction throughout. I'll catch you all soon. Ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast.